Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. To the west of the great continent of Kern lies the island provinces of Perth, home to brave seafarers, exotic pleasures, storms of swirling magical energy, and cults dedicated to the old gods. Upon these white sands came the Eve's Watch, a band of sellswords and brutes seeking their fortune upon the shores of these lands. Let me tell you of this age of legends, for I and I alone am keeper of their saga. This is their chronicle. Mayhem has broken out in the front grounds of Amendanox Manor. Jeel and Lovak have engaged with Amendanox guardsmen. Inside the building, quite comfortable, is Moulet and the young woman from the bakery. In the back, Shin is on his way up the wall using spider climb to affix the grappling hook to the top of the building. While you are trying to dispose of the body as you step into the back entrance of Amendanox Manor, a servant woman has stepped out into the hallway. Seeing the corpse slung over the back, she screams. Tugo stops and stares, and the first initiative goes to Coop. How far away is the servant woman? Ten, perhaps fifteen feet away from the back entrance that you just stepped. Koo rushes forward, draws his dagger. How tall is she? She's a short, stout woman, middle-aged. Then I'm going to put my knife to her. And I'm going to tell her, stop, do exactly as I say, you will not get hurt. Otherwise, he will kill you. Pointing to Tuco. Pointing to the nodding Tuco. And I (laughs) grab her and I pull her, come with me to the empty storage room. She obliges, provides absolutely no resistance, looks terrified, and follows you to the room, thanking you. Thank you, thank you. For not killing her. Mm -hmm. So when he puts the body in the other room, we're going to go into the other storage room that we saw. I'm going to question her. So you're not going to lock her in the room with a corpse. That's no. Nice. I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to lock the room. Well, we're going to lock. There were two rooms. There were two rooms. Yes, inside. one on either side. Yeah. Corpse in one room, her in the other. Walks in the room, sits down on the floor. Does Tuco come in after me? Tuco does. So he's not standing exposed in the hallway. Close the door. Where is a mended knock? Perhaps he's upstairs in his chambers. I haven't seen him this morning. We deliver his meals upstairs. How do you get upstairs from here? There's a stairwell down the hallway. Are there any guards up there? Amendanak always has guards. Where would they be positioned? Kulbot, his personal bodyguard, a brute of a man, is with him at all times. In his quarters or outside? In his quarters. Okay. Any dogs up there? No. Does Amendanak have any magical abilities? No. Good. He's a merchant. You stay here, you leave, you die. Okay. I'll stay right here. Open the door. I leave. Tuco? Tuco follows. Is there any way to bar the door? There's not. I'm going to make some noises like I'm messing with the door. Then outside, hopefully Shin has the grappling hook all set up. Shin, you easily climb up the wall. It's disturbing watching him do that. He doesn't walk up the wall. He kind of scampers up it on all fours. It's unnerving watching him do that. You easily affix the grappler to the lip of the building as quietly as you can. There's the archers are readying their bows. They have their bowstrings drawn and arrow knocked. Aiming their arrows down into the commotion in the manor grounds. Approximately how far away is Shin right now? Shin's 
up at the very top. 30 feet, 40 feet? 30 feet. 30 feet. So telepathically, I'll let Shin know that Mendenach has a bodyguard in the in the room with him. I will point down and cast message and return reply. Get your asses up here. All right, Mr. Assassin, you first. I climb. And I will examine the uh, door leading off the balcony. You're on the roof. You would have to cross the roof to that area where the balcony is in the front of the building, and that's where the archers are standing with their arrows knocked. I will wait for my companions to come up and ready two smoke bombs. You easily climb up the rope. There's nothing back there to cause any need for you to hastily climb up beyond the sense of urgency you already have. All the activity is in the front of the building. Once you get up, what are the three of you going to do? If I know the location of the balcony, which I think I do, yes, I low crawl, high crawl, crawl across the roof. Balcony's in the front of the building, looking out into that city street that Jubal's manor is on. At the front of the building, on the roof, are four archers. On the same roof that we're on. On the same roof that you're on, with arrows knocked. Well, then, if I can see them once I make the roof, that means they can see me. Their backs are to you. We can bump You're up. coming from the back of the building. They're at the front, but they're facing the front, you know, where the gate is. Okay. Where all this commotion's going on with Jeel and Lovak. Telepathically to Shin, do you have any magic that could knock them over? Message back, not all at once. Telepathically to both of them, one right after the other. We can bum rush them and take out hopefully two or three of them. You mean just run and push them off the roof? Exactly. Yes, solid. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm bum rushing. What do I add to my roll? My so dex? I assume you're doing a shove, probably, to shove. push them off. Yeah. Shove is athletics. You make an Ooh. athletics check. Would I circumvent that with being a monk? Yeah, you could use, you know, whatever martial monk arts. ability you have, martial arts, a throw, you know, type of thing. Or got, acrobatics, I, if your acrobatics is better than your athletics, if you choose to use that. Make an attack roll, really. Okay. So a 16 for me. 11 for me. 13. I oh, rush actually, up. Actually, we would have advantage because they don't know we're there. That is true. Correct. 16. 15. Still 13. Who's first in initiative order? Be me. What are you going to do exactly? They're going to be taller than me, so my idea would be to kick the knee out from them and use that momentum to push them forward. Break into a sprint across the roof. Leap remarkably high in the air for someone so small, driving the heels of both feet into the back legs of one of the archers. What's your damage? Roll your damage. Damage? Well, he's unaware, so I get sneak attack. That'd be seven points of damage. You drive your heels into the back of his legs, causing him to lurch backwards in an awkward fashion, knees going forward, and he pitches over the ledge, landing square on his head and crumples in a heap. I rolled three tens in a row for, for fall damage, so that's ridiculous. <laughs> Next in initiative would be Shin. What are you using to attack? My body. I'm going for an unarmed drop kick to the back of one of them. Shin bursts into motion, almost gliding across the roof. He runs so lightly, and he jumps and executes a nearly perfect drop kick, but he's off just a little bit. And he sails in between the two archers to the left over the edge. Do you have acrobatics? Yes. Give me an acrobatics check. 12. You manage to ride the wall down as best you can by using your palms in your heels, skinning your palms quite a bit, and land 
relatively safely on the balcony just 10 feet below and take two points of damage in doing so. You have now made it to the balcony. (laughs) In record time. Tuco is going to run as lightly as he can, which is not actually very lightly, but he's fairly stealthy, so it's not terrible. And he is going to, with both of his hands, attempt to get the guard under the armpits and with his full thousand pound push, throw him off the roof. Hopefully quite some distance. It's a shove. It would be opposed athletics or acrobatics for the for the guard. Would that be at disadvantage because he's unaware? I would say so, yes. You run up behind him and essentially execute a schoolyard shove, which causes him to topple over the edge of the roof. Ah! He plummets. Shin, just as you're standing up, a body races by you, and you hear a a hollow thud and a sickening splat and cracking noise as the body hits the grounds below. You dust yourself off, Shin, stand up, and turn around, only to face the largest set of pectoral muscles and nipples staring (laughs) you in the face. There is a massive orc, bare-chested, wearing brightly colored pants, he reaches out and grabs you by the neck. Lovak and Jill. there are guards pouring into the grounds of the manor. What's your plan? I would say you're hopelessly outnumbered. But the way I've been rolling, it may not even matter. <laughs> well, I already hit one, and he's still alive, so I'm going to hit him again. And you're still raging and doing yes. a reckless attack, yep. correct? Yes, I am. And I'm going to be using uh, the great weapon master feed on that as well. I'll take that natural 20. <laughs> Seven. 25 points of damage. You swing your maul in a wide arc, slamming it into the chest of your enemy. The head buries itself deep into his chest. You use a massive boot to kick the corpse off your hammer. There's gore dripping off the head of your maul. And now I use my bonus action attack the next guy. I missed. <laughs> How badly? Uh, AC9. Maybe it was having to kick the corpse off the head of the maul that did it, but you didn't get a good swing off, unfortunately. Next, is it Lovak or the GM? Sorry. I think it's, oh, it's I me, think it's GM. I think. Are you counting Moulet in this? Of course. Moulet, yeah. GM, Lovak, which one? It's two 19s for Moulet and Gio, and then GM is at 11 and Lovak's at 5. All right, so I would next. Okay. Go right ahead. You're sitting there rather comfortably while mayhem has erupted outside. I assume I have a clear view of what's going on at the gates here, because we, I mean, we got barely in the door, right, uh, before yeah. I convinced the two guards to leave. Nice young woman there is... I Frantic assume, by now. Yeah, I'm sure this is far beyond anything she's ever experienced at this point. I will look at her and just calmly state, if you leave my side and run, you will most likely die here. Stay close. She shakes her head nervously, wipes some tears from her eyes. I just wanted to deliver pastries. <laughs> Was she charmed by your effect? Yes. Yeah, but the, the charm just makes her view me favorably. It doesn't... I don't control her. It's not, not like charm, charm person. Okay. It's just the charmed effect. How far am I from the group of... The clump of guards that are descending upon Jeeling? 40 feet. I'm going to pick an area back from them a ways. Get a good clump. The biggest clump of guards I can find. When he has sleep. I speak the words to the spell carefully, softly, almost a whisper. As I fall silent, I throw my arms wide, wand clutched in one hand, and bid my enemies fall silent as well. So, 25 hit points worth of guards. 
which might be one or two. Starting with the lowest first. Two guards slumped to the ground. Okay, so they are unconscious for one minute, or they will wake if they take damage, or if somebody uses an action to slap or shake them awake. I end my turn. Lovak, the guard that you're fighting, closes in on you, faints, and dips down. Keep in mind with my shield of faith. Does it yet? Never mind. My AC is now 20. The opposite of what you probably just rolled. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Faints and goes in for a thrust. You bat it out of the way easily. The other guard that was knocked prone when Jeel tackled the gate was in for an attack. Clumsily, like an axe-like attack with his sword, slide to one side. His sword misses his mark. Their action is done. Jeel attracted a crowd. Bring it! They're fighting to get to you. It sounds like you're having a problem with your dice over there, buddy. A little bit. It's because Frank's malicious. There's about as many that can surround you as possible. There's five of them all together. A flurry of activity. Spear thrusts. Slashing with swords. But only two are successful. You're able to parry their attacks out of the way with the head of your maul or the butt of your maul. One of them hit you with a nat 20. Or... 10 points of damage. Got a nice Captain Kirk-style slash across your chest. And another one catches you in the shoulder. You're able to deflect the majority of the blow. You take three points of damage. Now we dance. Archer's on the roof. There's two of them left now. An arrow whizzes by you, Lovak, striking the ground next to your feet. An arrow finds its mark, raising your thigh. Four, four points of damage. Lovak? Well, seeing this wonderfully clumsy of efforts here, I'll look at the more wizened of the gentlemen. Just kind of shake my head a little bit. Swing with my sword. It's going to be a 19 to hit. That'll do it. And that's going to be nine points of damage. You uh, almost mockingly faint like he did, and then thrust like he did, only your blade finds its mark in the meaty part of his hip. Now that I got him stabbed, I'm going to haul back and just punch him in the face with the other arm. Just a punch in the face. Do you have to lift it? Can you do that? I can do that. All right. Do you have a shield on? No, I do not have a shield on. I missed. Yeah. You don't want to do one damage. But... Yeah. Well, it's four, actually. Oh, okay. Is an attack. We'll stay with Geo Lovac Mule for a little bit in combat. Eventually, I'll hit. <laughs> you did. <laughs> actually, I'll hit well. <laughs> got a nat 20. Did mediocre. <laughs> complain, complain, I know, I complain. I'm <laughs> wanting over there. <laughs> Go back to us. Back to you. Do the same thing as before. Miss. 15. 15 on him. 10 points of damage. Strike your opponent with a maul, almost like in an uppercut fashion, and his feet leave the ground. And he lands a couple feet back, staggered, but still standing. Be best if you lay down now. We were approached at one point by what appeared to be like a leader, like a kind of a captain of the house guard, it looked like, yes. before he charged off to go fight my friends. Can I pick him out amidst the melee yes. at the front there pretty easily? His uniform makes him stand out from the others. Excellent. I am going to focus my mind on him, speak a few sinister words, and drive a psychic spike of energy into his mind. Wisdom save, DC 13, please. Roll your damage. <laughs> I am sorry. It was an int saving throw instead. Roll your damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My mistake. Okay, he takes four points of psychic damage, and the next saving throw he makes before the end of my next turn, he gets to subtract 1d4 from the result. You cast 
you see him flinch ever so slightly, reach for his head. He staggers a little bit, takes a few steps back, a few steps forward, stands upright again. Like a boxer who just got hit really hard, he shakes his head as if to shake the effects off. The two remaining archers on the roof drop their bows, draw their swords, and we'll get to you guys in, in a moment. But they are effectively out of combat as far as Jeel and Lovak are concerned. Paying no attention to the poultry sticks they fire. Geo, you are hit three times. They move in on you. After seeing their comrade being launched, it appears as though they've decided that they better really get their A-game together or else they're going to be in a lot more trouble than they are in now. They begin to harry you. One of them moves in with a feint. You step to the side but are caught in the belly with a sword. Another one moves in with a spear. You're able to bat it aside, but someone from behind gets you in your other hip with a sword. Protrudes from the front of your side, going through the meat and the fatty part of your body. And a second one moves in while you're clutching for the spear, slashes you across the shoulder. You take a total of 15 points of damage. And then there's almost like a celebration. You know, there's rah, you know. And I do the same time back. Hurrah! (laughs) Lovak, you're... Two opponents move in on you, circling almost in a predatory fashion. Their confidence kind of boosted now that there's more than one of them. One of them moves in with a a wide swinging arc that you're able to lean back and avoid, while the other one comes in for your neck. You're able to dip to one side as the blade passes harmlessly past you. What do they have for weapons? They're both swords? Both swords. Okay. Well, my turn. So I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark on the older of the gentleman, which will give me advantage on my rolls. And I will once again engage him, paying little to no attention to the other one unless there's actually a switch. So that's going to be a 23 to hit, and that's going to be 10 points of damage. He moves in for an attack on you, swings his sword, you duck under the headshot, and with a backhanded motion, sever his spine striking him square in the back of the neck. He falls forward. I'm going to interact with object and pick up his sword. Be and then turning to the other one, just spinning it in my hands, balances a little off. I would think you guys would have better than this, but it'll work and take a step towards the other gentleman. There's a noticeable gulp as his Adam's apple bobs nervously. Hey, Game Masters. Are you sick of cliche stories that leave your players falling asleep? Do you suffer from low engagement at your gaming table? Do you struggle with creating interesting plots and engaging NPCs? Do your players laugh at your tiny dice rolls? Well, we can't help you with that one. But we can help you level up your gaming. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. We discuss the topics that matter the most when you're being a GM. Be that better map design, telling gripping mysteries, or just not killing off your players in an adversarial way. I mean, yeah. Join us at Level Up Your Gaming, a tabletop RPG podcast, every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Shin, you are jerked along. Two meaty hands wrapped around your neck. This orc grins at you. Is he squeezing yet or just lifting? Uh, He has lifted. The squeeze has yet to begin. Then I will attempt to get out a firebolt, because I need verbal for that. And at the same time, I'm going to spend the mana and twain it. So the first is a 11. 
And the twinned one is a nine. Firebolts fly off in an awkward direction. No idea where they went, but they went somewhere. <laughs> Something's lighting up. On the roof, Ku and Tuco, the two archers that it remain have spun around, drawn their weapons. Ku is up. He's facing off against one, I'm facing off against the other. Yes. I will say to the one that I'm facing off against, you can jump and you may live. You can stay up here and you will die. Intimidate? Sure. 18. He looks at you, looks at his friend, looks at Tuco, sheets his sword, swings over the top of the building. Shin, another body falls. This one more controlled. Tuco crouches as he draws two daggers and then pounces. Not even bothering for the intimidate, huh? <laughs> the main weapon is a 15 to hit. Off weapon is a rolled two. So daggers do D4. D4 plus your dex modifier. D4 plus force, force ranked. Your choice. Or strength. For five points of damage, as he's stabbing him, is he allowed to try to grab him? Action. It's an action. Yeah, okay. the second attack would have been a bonus action. Yeah. He throws an awkward haymaker that you're able to duck under, top knot bobbing as you do so, top of the initiative order. Ku will move over to attack. 22 for 11 points of damage. What are you attacking with? My masterwork dagger. As he throws this haymaker at you that misses, you see a flash of activity, and Ku is under his arm with his dagger buried deep into his ribs. You can see the life leaving the man's eyes as he falls forward. Shin, you are cast aside. When I say cast aside, I really mean you are thrown across the balcony. Am I thrown over the rail? You are not. You do take four points of damage as you land against the stone railing on the balcony. But now there's about ten feet between you and this monstrous orc. And he's cracking his knuckles as he's slowly and menacingly walking towards you. Also of note. You smell something burning. <laughs> Noted. Well, let's see. I will spend my bonus action first and shield of faith myself. And then we'll fireball him again, this time from a distance and not dangling up in the air. And once again, we'll twin it. Fireball or fire bolting? Bolt. Okay. I'm going to say there's going to be a lot burning with a fireball. Okay, that would have been more impressive. Or in line with what I'm used to you doing. That's a 20, <laughs> dirty, for nine points of damage. And that's a 16 for two points of damage. For a total of 11. Correct. Yes. Almost like finger pistols. You <laughs> you shoot two firebolts at him. Blood red firebolts streak from your fingertips, hitting him above each of his massive pectoral muscles. There's a jerk backwards to the right, a jerk backwards to the left, a couple steps backwards. And now it looks like not only have you gotten his attention, you've made him angry. Is there an open door here? It's an open archway. I into use the my building. movement and go through that archway, drawing him into the building. Exercising the better part of valor, you make a break for it. <laughs> through the archway with this massive orc in pursuit. Coop. So the archers, were they at the front where the balcony is? Yes. So we can see what's going on. Um, if you were to look over, yes. Yes, I would be looking over. Approximately how far is this giant orc from, like distance-wise... How far would I have to jump to get to him? Well, you would have to jump down 10 feet. He's moving towards the archway. Looks like he's going back inside, but he's starting to move at a good clip, making a run for it. He runs like a linebacker. So I would be able to draw my other dagger and jump down 
on top of him. You could try. He's unaware, so would I get advantage? Yes, I'll give you advantage on that. We're going to do some bull riding. I'll take that 19, so that'd be a 24. 24 hits. Should I roll for both daggers? Because I'm attacking with both daggers. Yeah, roll both. The other one misses, and I will ignore that natural one. <laughs> so let's see, it'd be three, five, six, nine points of damage. Ku leaps over the lip of the building, and you plummet down to the balcony just as this massive creature is about to disappear through the archway into the building, landing on him and it embedding your dagger in his back. Raises his head up. He's got this shocked look on his face, Shin, and bellows in pain. You don't really know what happened, but you see a pair of small feet swinging pendulously (laughs) from behind him, every now and again appearing just behind the back of his arm and disappearing again. Wow, do I recognize those shoes? You think it's probably those boots are attached to Koo. Cuckoo, go, go, go. Having seen his companion just leap over the edge, uh, takes a peek down and sees him now hanging from his daggers in the back of this monstrous orc and decides to follow him. Now Tuco still has his daggers in his hand, so he's going down, landing as gracefully as he can. He's very acrobatic, very athletic, and he's going to try to cut the Achilles tendon. Why not go for the throat is higher up? Because <laughs> you, you're on his back, and I don't want to stab you. If I land on top of him, I'd be landing on top of you. Could aim for the front. I can sit long. But he's facing, I, a, yeah. he's facing into yeah, the doorway. The, so. the front of him's already through the doorway. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you said advantage, right? Yes. For the attack. If, if you're not landing on him, give me an acrobatics check. Uh, we'll do that. Or now, athletics, whichever is better. They're both plus five. So that's an 11 for acrobatics, athletics. And the uh, second dice on the attack is an 18. So you leap over the edge, uh, controlled descent as best as you can. You land a little awkwardly, and your ankle kind of buckles a bit. It's not broken, but you're a little limpy. Draw a line between the two Achilles tendons in a sweeping motion with your dagger, cutting the back of his his heel, and he raises his head and he bellows again. How much damage? And this is sneak attack, so D4 for for the damage, and it's still D6 for the sneak, right? Yep, correct. That's two from the D4 and two D6. Now there's seven, makes a total of nine points of damage. What's your modifier? Oh, right. Plus three on that. So 11. Nine, right? Nine plus three. Marcus. Oh, yes. That that is 12. Yeah, Marcus is a math teacher, everybody. (laughs) Some of your American's education system is not that good. (laughs) Some some of your students are going to listen to this going, he's teaching us? (laughs) I'm a mathematician, not a calculator. (laughs) Shin, now that you're inside the building, what is it? you're going to do now. That massive orc is still at the end of the hallway. At the opening of the archway. At the opening of the archway. He seems to be engaged with Ku and Tuko. He he has just bellowed twice, so I'm going to start looking around at my location and see what I can see. Doors. Is there a fat man sitting here cowering in a corner? You don't see a fat man cowering in the corner yet. Uh, Several doorways line this long hallway. At the very end is a big doorway with a large, heavy wooden door on it. The knobs on all of these doors are probably real gold, you would imagine. It's it's very opulent. But this one, at the end of the hallway, is the most intricate. Outside of the doorway is a massive chair with heavy cushions on it and broad arms. And what is the distance to that, the double door? It's a full 30 feet, easily. Oh, yeah, that's within one movement, so... I will uh, run up to the door and see if the knob twists. The knob 
does not. It seems like it's locked. Okay. I am going to take one of my regular daggers, slide it into the locking mechanism, and kick it as hard as I possibly can. Give me a strength check. Actually, that's probably second edition. I just... No, it's it no. be athletics. Strength athletics to kick open a door. Yeah. That's a 19. Jam the dagger in. Uh, Tuco, you could see Shin's slender frame do this unexpectedly athletic maneuver, and he kicks the door in this heavy wooden door at the end of the hallway. You're looking between this giant orc's legs as this is happening. Swings open. I give a little war yelp. Woo! <laughs> I have five feet of movement left. I'm it, going to walk through the door. You walk through the door, and in front of you is a rotund person sweating profusely, holding a sword in front of him, a short sword with two hands. I'll kill you if you go any further. Please tell me he has clothes on. He does. Good. <laughs> now, what do you say sweating? Is he sweating as bad as Jeel? Worse than Jeel. There's a lot of prenogene there. This has to be total, like, BS time, so all I can do is stare and say, Oh, yeah? Which one do you want? Fire or ice? And hold up my hands. Calm I out facing him. I would prefer ice, if you please. <laughs> <laughs> That's my turn. Cool. Tuco has cut this orc's Achilles. Is he on his knees? Is I'm still on his back. Yeah, he is not on his knees. Approximately where am I on his back? Right shoulder blade. Oh, so I'm up by the shoulder. Yeah. We gotta try to cut his throat. I'll give 16. you advantage because you're on his back. Okay. I'll take a 16. That hits. Yep. That will be for 10 points of damage. And then does it take him down? It does not. You drag the blade a little too low across the front of his chest, just where the neck meets his torso. Then I will flurry of blows. Slap him on the back. How are you going to do that? Uh, are you going to use your your dagger hand to do that, that you just... Yeah, like a punching with the dagger, almost like a uh, brass knuckles kind of... Yeah, like having a roll of quarters in your fist, yeah. a loaded fist. Will I still have advantage or no? Uh, no. no. Okay, so I get two attacks. That's a 21 and a 24. For five, 11 points of damage. I have more than that. Sneak attack. 11, so that'd be 13. Oh, wait, sneak attack's only once per turn, yes? Yeah, never mind. Uh, 11 points of damage. You punch him in the side of the head a few times, and he, he steps forward and takes a few steps back, and like a tree being felled in the forest, he starts to fall backwards. Landing, tripping over <laughs> Tuco and falling on top of you. Tuco, there is one tiny hand reaching out from <laughs> underneath this massive body, just reaching, grasping for anything. Do I take any damage from that? Because that's a much larger body falling yes. on a much smaller body. Take four points of damage. As Tuco sees this, he quickly decides what would be the most fun. <laughs> and this fellow is large, but he is not over 500 pounds, is he? He weighs more than 500 pounds? He'll probably eventually smother Koo if you don't get him off him. But does he, I mean, just technically, does he weigh more than 500? You said yes. Okay. So he's he's hefty. Okay. Well, then I'll have to drag. I'll, uh, I'll grab the ankles that are a little slippery with blood and pull. And at a thousand pound pull, I'm hoping that gets him. So this scene that is unfolding is Tuco is, is dragging. And, and it, this isn't like an easy drag. This is him grabbing him by the ankles and in a jerking motion backwards, inching him off Coop. But occasionally the blood will cause his hands to slip off the ankles and so he'll curse. He's, he's moved up to the knees and he's yeah. got the knees now. <laughs> he's, 
and it's a lot of pulling, but now the pants are coming down. And he's met with an unforgiving sight. <laughs> At the end of the hallway, there is a portly Prentigene sweating profusely, Shin glaring at him with his hands held up high. Like, as in, do you take the blue pill or the red pill? Low back. We're I'm back in, with, with you guys. Am I next? Yes, I am. No, Chiel. I'm not. No, not, not up we're at the top. It's Chiel. Yeah, we're back at the top. top. Yeah. My dice. All right, here. I'm going to grin at the next guy and swing at him. 18. 18 will hit. For 10. Is this the guy you initially wounded? Or yes, it is. Does he fall? He falls. You swing your, your maul, striking him where the head meets the neck, and his head flies off. Then I'll be bonus to attacking the next one. 15? 15 will hit. For nine points. Swing your maul up over your head and bring it down on the shoulder of another sh- soldier who shrieks in pain as his shoulder dips down low beneath his chest, arm dangling. If you value your lives, it's a good time to run. We still have you outnumbered. How many of you have fallen already? Well, you've gone through half of them. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> intimidation check? Can that be an in- intimidation check? I will grant that. Not intimidating enough yet. Nine. <laughs> of note, there is smoke beginning to pour into the grounds. It appears as though the stable's on fire. <laughs> I'm thinking Shin set this off again. Intentionally, with one of his little glass baubles. Yep. yep. Yes, sir. All right. I know the captain's still there since I wine slivered him last time. Is he kind of near the front? Is he kind of in the middle, like leading? He's in the back, closest to you, farthest away from Jeel and Lovac. Oh, yeah. Leading from the back. Excellent. I'm going to cast Crown of Madness on him. I whisper some fairly mysterious and kind of slithery words in his direction and gesture. Just double-check the saving throw. I'm pretty sure it's wisdom. Yeah, wisdom saving throw, DC 13. He made it. Ah, that's too bad. Nothing happens to him, then. You might see the crown of thorns and jagged metal start to form on his forehead, but then he just shakes it away. Did he have to remind us of D4? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Thank you. That is why I did that first. If you subtract three from that, did he still make it? No. (laughs) Thank you, Lou. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Lou. Forgot about that. You're welcome. Okay, so a <laughs> so a jagged crown of twisted metal wrapped in sharp thorns encircles his brow. When it's his turn again, I get to choose what he does. I get to choose how he takes his action. Wow, how convenient that it's and, his action next, game master. <laughs> yes, I end my turn. Is it now your turn? It is my turn. What would you like <laughs> what, what your action, enemy what action, to do? What action would I like him to take? I would like him to turn to the nearest soldier and stab him in the back. Do you want to make the roll? Sure. Or would you like me to? Okay. I don't mind making the roll. It would be a nat, nat 20 this time. <laughs> roll for the hell of it. I'll take the I'll take. The, he still sucks. I'll take it. Advantage, I assume, since his yes. soldier probably is not expecting this. So that's a 15 plus whatever his bonuses are. He steps forward and thrusts his blade into the kidney of one of the soldiers in front of him. Soldier shrieks as he reaches behind to grab at whatever it was that stabbed him, but the captain wrenches the blade free. He's got his head dipped down low, his chin to his chest, and his eyes almost rolled up into his head, just the pupils peering beneath like a dark brow while this crown digs into his forehead and the sides of his head, almost pulsing with a life of its own. So that was his action. He may now move if he would like to. I can't control his movements, but I choose what action he takes. Jeel, 
still raging. Of course. Still have advantage. Yes. Uh, yeah, reckless attack, yes. Not an eye rolling. I was going to say, on. you can't keep rolling just because you're waiting for some numbers to come up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's this maelstrom of blades and spear tips. You're batting them aside with shoulders and the handle of your maul, the head of your maul, the blunt end of the, the maul, and one of the spearmen dips under and catches you across the belly with a blade of the spear. You're just about able to pivot away to keep it from plunging deep into your gut. You take eight points of damage, which is halved because you're raging, right? Yep. Are you all set over there? Oh, no, you have one against no. me. The one soldier on Lovak moves in for an attack clumsy attack that you swat aside with the flat of your blade, almost in a taunting fashion, as he passes by you stumbling. You've been beguiled by the things in the light, the lies, the deceptions, as I'm slowly raising a sword. But fortunately, the cool release of the dark will once again set your soul on a path that maybe it'll be a little better next time. It's going to be a 15. That'll do it. That's going to be nine points, and then I'm going to swing with the second sword. No advantage on that. That's going to be a 18. That'll is, hit. Is it a short sword or a long sword? I grabbed the sword. Which kind of sword is it? Uh, it's a long sword. And that's going to be for seven points damage. You move in with your attack, fainting, jabbing a blade into his belly, and swinging around in a wide arc, you take the head from the shoulders. The body almost stands for a while, maybe not realizing it's dead before it drops slumping to one side. I'll turn before it even does, and then take my movement and move 30 feet towards Jill. Grounds of the manor house are littered with bodies. Six of the guards left. Three are gravely wounded. And the resolve of the other three appears to be failing. I'm coming, Jill! There's not going to be much left by the time you get here. Save a couple for me! Jill? I attack. I miss. Swing your maul in a wide arc. They step back, creating distance. The ones in front of you, that is. The ones behind you are still in a tight formation. Moulet? I maintain concentration on my spell. I take no other action. Is it now the guard captain's turn? <laughs> are there any soldiers within the guard captain's reach currently? The one that he stabbed last time? Yes. I'm going to have him stab him again. Probably not advantage this time. Even though he's not expecting it, he's you know probably turned that way. Yes. Uh, that's a 17, plus whatever bonuses he has. The captain raises his sword up high and drives it down in between the neck and the shoulder of the startled soldier, killing him instantly. He wrenches the sword free and stands there just holding it. Did you see how Scott threw that damage die down there because he's killing <laughs> his own people? <laughs> it's like a little child. Frustrated. That was an infantile display. I'm not going to apologize for it. Allowed. <laughs> well, I don't think you need to. Things are not exactly going your way. Not today. No. He can move if he wants to. I only control his action, just not his move. Oh, shit just got real, didn't it? I'm sorry. He does get another save at the end of his turn. 13 DC. Jeel, the guards attacking you look to one another nervously, and then they start slowly backing off, their hands up palm facing you, holding their swords and spears in the other hands and they begin shaking their heads. No. Well, if they're backing away from him, they take an attack of opportunity. 
18? 18 hits. <laughs> 11. You launch one of them into the air with a sweeping attack of your maul. He lands crumpled in a heap. Oh, at zero hit points? Take my reaction to attack another one. You can't. That was a reaction. Isn't it a it's bonus? Up to oh, it's a bonus, action. It's a bonus yeah. action for your weapon, so you can't put on a reaction. Okay. <laughs> That's it. This time they lay down their weapons. They put their hands up. Then run. They run past you, giving enough room so they don't get hit, and making a wide arc around Lovak so he doesn't hit them. <laughs> and they run out the gate. Upstairs, Koo, you've now emerged from underneath this massive orc. You see Tuco tugging, wrenching this thing off you. Its pants are almost down around its thighs. Tuco's swearing in orcish. You have no idea what he's saying, but you know it's not polite. And I know we still have a mission to accomplish, and I stand up. As soon as I'm free, I dart down the hall to where I see Shin. You make it down the hallway past Tuco to where Shin is. He's squared up with rotund Prenagene, who's sweating profusely and clumsily holding a short sword with two hands between him and Shin. Was I able to get my daggers out? Yes. Shin is next. Persuasion, and I'll give you the number after I talk. Okay, look, you worm. Your guy over here is dead. The 20 guys I got downstairs are coming through the front door right now. My backup just got to my left hand, so I don't have to do anything. Where's the damn gem they need for the ritual? And we'll let you live. I know not of what you speak, good sir. I gems. I have plenty of gems. I'm happy to give you as many as you want. I'll Only to spare my life. Reach down with one hand and pull out a dagger. Tap it on my teeth. How about you just show me all the gems and we'll see if we can arrange your life. Five. Ah, gems. Yes, 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 yes. Four. Of course, of course, of course. He throws a coin purse to you. Does it look big enough to hold something that would be ritualistic? No, it looks like something someone would carry his money in. Um, I don't want your spending change. He looks to you, looks to Koo. Koo's got to be covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. From head to half toe. Half of it, your own. Because you went All to right. a cheese grater. <laughs> now I'll use my movement, run up to the pouch that he threw. Oh, the pouch is right at your feet. No. Oh, then I'm just going to uh, soccer ball kick it back at him. A lift kick to his face. The persuasion, by the way, is a 12. Kick is only a 6, so... You kick him in the shin? I was trying see what to, I did no, there? Trying to launch the, <laughs> the money bag at him. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. I did. It's a little too far for a shin shin. You kick the bag towards him. It skitters across the floor, resting at the tip of his boot. I could be killed if I give you any information regarding this gem. You'll be killed if you don't, and then we'll ransack the place and then burn it. And that's my turn. Tuco. Tuco. Tuco, covered in a a good bit of blood and limping from his slightly clumsy drop, is limping towards the bedroom where these two are engaged. But you said it was 30 feet, so I might be like still five feet behind them when uh, when my turn ends so I can see people conversing, but not much else. Don't forget, dash is a bonus action. He's also limping, though. Yeah, but dash just means you move again. Mm. Dash doesn't mean you're wrong. Okay, okay. When you see it that way, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah, I use uh, use my bonus action then to get all the way there. If I can get that far, I go right up to him with my rapier. He's got that short sword in front of him, shaking. His cheeks are jiggling. Not my, yet. my rapier Not is yet. now Not yet. inches Not from yet. him. Cheeks are jiggling, all no, three no cheeks are jiggling. I haven't said a word, and that's my turn. Out of initiative, now what will you gentlemen be doing? Who walks up to the desk 
goes into his pack, pulls out his surgery kit and lays it out across this guy's desk and says, Shin, Tuko, the queen wants this man dead and we were ordered to bring back his head. If he doesn't want to tell us where the crystal is, that's his prerogative. But if he were to tell us where the crystal is, he might make it out of his head. He reaches in his shirt, <laughs> takes off a necklace, hands it out, handshaking, drops it in your hand. There is a large gem in the center of this ornate octopoid gold medallion. Tuco drives his rapier through his throat. <laughs> He's like, oh, that was good. Good job. Yeah, good job, guys. Let's go. Let's get out of here. You thrust your rapier into the man's neck. He looks surprised. It looks like he's about to say something. And then he falls forward. Yeah, we ready? We got everything? Uh, you got the gem? Let's go. Need his head. So I. Oh, the head. Right. I, you know, I was, was kind of like liking Shin's uh, thought of like taking the guy alive and, and delivering him alive to the queen. But, well, you kind of ruined that. Well, if you want something, you got to say it. You, you, I'm, not, I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> Oh, while they are <laughs> but the social read the room you know yeah yeah no well uh, we're not going to carry him down the stairs so no. you might as well get the head you'd uh, go about the cool. gory business of securing the man's head cool, cool, cool. Cool. I already have a sword in this room no so. no who makes use of his surgery kit and surgically removes his head while that's going on I'm going to retrieve the small bag of gems and pocket it and start scanning the room behind anything that looks about his eye height, you know, tapestries. So I know he's he's not going to be able to pick anything up. He's got to have an extra stash of cash somewhere. Rifle through his room and find a small box, ornately carved wooden box. It is locked, but a little shaking reveals the tinkling of coins. Yeah, 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 give me that. And I start pounding it on the floor <laughs> 500 pounds ago that's not exactly the skill i was expecting you to use <laughs> oh god but but it breaks open and there's a, a good amount of platinum in it as well as some gems and i start scooping and i hand him some and i put some in my pocket and yeah i don't even look at really what it is i just sort of hand you here's some here's some for me hey cool you want in on this money am i a copy oh yeah cool okay we'll save you a third so once Ku gets done, he's going to make his way down to where the orc is, and he's going to surgically remove his head. Bonus money. <laughs> Bathe himself in it, like, you know, get the, get, just get the blood all over him. We have to really put that explicit content on this. <laughs> Tuco is following him, saying, what are you doing? Isn't it obvious? He's taking a bloodbath. Intimidation. Who are you? They're all dead. Who are you? If into they the see this head, they're not going to do anything. If they see this head, they're going to run. Okay, okay. Well, we should run. Well, because we don't know if more guards are on the way. I'm pretty sure the other party took care of that. Maybe. I then look over the balcony's edge as he's cutting the head off of the, the massive orc. And what do I see below? Below, you see what looks like a surrender. And then Jeel cutting down a couple of the soldiers as they're surrendering. And the rest beat feet and leave. The whole courtyard is littered with bodies. The stables are actively on fire. I yell over the edge, Hey, hey, Novak, we got the head! One individual, the captain of the guard who remains, just standing there holding a bloody sword. Not much longer. <laughs> where where is he? T-ball? He's in the middle of the uh, battlefield. Hey, Jill, you'd be able to see that crown around his head, too. He doesn't, he doesn't look quite right. <laughs> Jill would miss. <laughs> He's tired. He's hungry. It's like missing a T-ball. <laughs> Let's head inside. I'm hungry. 
As we walk by, I'm just going to place my sword across his neck, and as I'm walking by, just drag the, the length of my blade across his neck, and just keep walking. And that's where we'll leave it this week. Join us every other week as the Eves Watch continue their adventures in Perth. Thank you to our patrons. Find us on Patreon to join the executive producers team and support the podcast. Our cast, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Frank Whedon, Jared Parker, Marcus Holt, Sin Morse, our DM, Scott, and me, Nova. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us every other week.